26th of November 2020. God, this year sucks. I'm Randy Kure. Uh, with me is contributor Tony Antonio. Tony, how are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was trying not to laugh during your intro. The way you said 2020 was awesome because that, that, that sums it up, right? Yeah. Your, your tone right there is the representation of how 2020 is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, either. The only people who are enjoying this year are those who uh, became parents for the first time or if they won the lottery. That's the way I see it. I don't know how anybody on this planet can look at the past uh, 12 months, well, since January 1st, and say, this is the most horrible year uh, <laughs> we have all gone through. No, I know. I, I guess Joe Biden might be a little happy on how 2020 got to. Yeah, maybe. Maybe him and Kamala Harris might be uh, smiling a little bit, but uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, but uh, hey, anyway, but uh, thank you so much for the download, as I mentioned, and uh, Tony and I were actually planning to do a roundtable uh, with our partner in crime, Dan Legere, uh, but we decided to uh, get together uh, to share our thoughts uh, towards uh, soccer legend Diego Maradona, of course. Uh, by now, you should have heard that uh, Maradona, the soccer legend, has died at the age of 60 from an apparent heart attack. Uh, his uh, soccer resume uh, is without question. And unfortunately, uh, so was his uh, various struggles uh, uh, off the field as well. Uh, Tony, you know, we could sort of wax poetically about how uh, this, uh, how his passing means to us and so on. And uh, we're probably going to get into that. But, you know, for a guy like myself, I did not grow up with soccer. Um, you know, I became interested after watching World Cup 94, uh, which, of course, uh, Maradona played uh, in. And started to become very interested in the game uh, after Toronto FC uh, came into the mix. And definitely the success of the women's national team, uh, knowing that you had an appreciation for soccer, uh, as well, where did you see, like, how did you see Maradona when you were a kid growing up? Well, Maradona is the greatest soccer player these eyeballs have ever seen, and it hasn't changed, uh, since. Uh, I haven't seen anybody better personally. These things are always a matter of opinion. I'm today's generation uh, if you were going to do a poll, I'm pretty sure Messi would would, um, would probably lead the way. Um, my earliest recollection of soccer was him, was that World Cup, because Canada qualified for it. So I remember being, it's one of those things I remember about being a kid. I was 10 years old, but I remember Canada making it to the World Cup. I remember, you know, I guess growing up in a soccer household, your brother is a playing soccer, your dad's in the soccer, so it, you know, it was news in the house, so my first recollection of soccer, as far back as I can remember in terms of, you know, watching 
heroes on your TV and stuff was that 86 World Cup because Canada was in it. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, there was this guy wearing number 10 for Argentina who just took the world by storm. Yeah, and uh, see, uh, obviously uh, not following soccer um, in 86 uh, would have been great, of course, uh, you know, seeing Canada's only appearance in the World Cup uh, up to this point. But Maradona, uh, when you think of Maradona, you think about World Cup 86. And, you know, uh, that one game in particular with uh, the the, uh, semifinal against England, where, of course, he scored the infamous Hand of God goal, and uh, one uh, and uh, the goal that many uh, feel was the greatest goal ever scored. Uh, it seemed that Maradona was linked as perhaps, especially with guys uh, maybe of our age, uh, as to uh, one of the best soccer players in the world between him and Pele. You you think of uh, other sports and uh, elite athletes when it comes to say Mickelson and Woods. Uh, Gretzky and Lemieux, uh, whether it be Nicholas and Palmer, Maradona was one of those guys. Uh, what is it about him that you think uh, puts him in that category? Well, he was he was a genius. He, he was an absolute genius on the pitch. His vision was unbelievable. Uh, left foot, right foot. He had he had strength in both. Um, his ability to take on four or five guys at the same time. I mean, the stuff he did on the field, obviously, it just, you know, it's not stuff that you learn. It, it, you know, he was born with it, and he maximized the ability. The most impressive, I think, what for me, what separates Maradona from everybody is taking okay and average and turning him into champions, right? That Argentinian team was not bad. He took them to a championship. But the greatest work he did was in Naples when he ended up going to a team that was, you know, three years removed from almost being relegated to the second division in Italy and took them to a, you know, a Serie A title. Uh, That was something I have never, I will never see again, I don't believe, in the game of soccer. One guy being able to do that, change the, the fortunes like that. You know, we live in a day and age now where, you know, we got our athletes are chasing trophies, right, Randy? Whether it be, you know, basketball and even soccer. I mean, you have six or seven powerhouse teams in Europe. They're always going to have first dibs at the top players. But in a lot of cases, they're all playing together. Those Barcelona teams that Messi won with were absolutely stacked. Proof in the pudding for me is that Messi has not been able to take Argentina to that, you know, to the promised land. And, you know, it's not always, and obviously it's not on one guy. It's impossible for it to happen in soccer. But I haven't seen anybody take it that close to being the key figure of a championship team like Maradona. And it's impossible to do in soccer. There is not a more team sport to watch in the world than soccer, right? 11 guys harmoniously moving up the pitch, passing it around, opening chances up for each other. That's how the game works, being locked in positionally. You know, you're only as good as the guy next to you, the guy next to you that. Maradona bucked that trend for those for those years when he was at his peak. And the work, you know, the, the Napoli stuff, I mean, just unbelievable. If you, if you do the research on, like, what it took to get him, they, they spent, you know, about, I think it was 
nine million pounds, which was, you know, one of the highest transfers ever. Um, you know, they were three years removed from being relegated. That's that's how down in the doldrums. You know, how they managed to buy him and stuff is, you know, a different story for a different day. There's some, there was some backdoor deals for sure. There are some stories about that. You know, in Naples, but um, it, it's very impressive. But that's what separated Maradona. Uh, from everybody else for me personally. Yeah, I guess uh, what is very intriguing to me is how fans can sort of um, identify domestic soccer versus international soccer. And, uh, you know, for a country like Italy and maybe a community and city like uh, like Napoli, uh, they obviously pledge allegiance to uh, the Italian national team. But you saw the emotion when uh, word came of Maradona's passing. And when it's just, it's so uh, interesting to me, uh, you know, my father-in-law being Italian, like I, it was kind of hard for me to uh, uh, wrap my head around the fact that when you're uh, playing, uh, when you're supporting your domestic club, the countryman who's on a different team, you hate, but everything comes together and you guys are united when uh, international play happens. And the flip is that you have a domestic squad with international talent. And then when it comes to World Cup or Euro, they're part of the enemy now. Yeah, that's always been a cool dynamic about soccer too. And, and um, that's one of the things I really like about it is the fact that these guys break off from their regular leagues to go play internationally and stuff. But, the thing with Maradona is that, you know, the opposing crowds would stand up and applaud him, right? That's that's the kind of figure he was. And, I, you know, Gary Lineker, I was watching uh, his clip, the story he was telling, the former England player, uh, the game he played against them in that semifinal at, uh, at the World Cup, and he was telling the story on how close he was to start actually applauding on the field after Maradona scored that goal. It just goes to show you just he was different. I mean, he could be mayor. He's God. He's mayor. He's king. He's prime minister. He's president. He was all those things rolled up into one, and not just not just in his country, but also in this uh, – this little town, this blue-collar town in in, uh, in Italy where he's, you know, I don't know if you saw the clips, if you've seen the highlights, the, uh, Naples is packed downtown and, and there's fireworks going off and there's a huge mural of him and they're honoring him uh, as we speak probably still in the wee hours of the morning. Same thing in Buenos Aires. You know, I think we use the word legend and icon way too much in sports these days. It's like we throw the word hot around for any any woman that walks by. Well, they're not <laughs> really that hot. You look sir, you know, maybe not. And they're not all really legends. I think in, in soccer, too, the word legend gets thrown out too much. This guy is a legend. This guy was iconic. This, I, Here's the thing. I can't see, like, you and I have grandchildren down the line. I can totally see Diego Maradona's name still being in the conversation as you know, Mount Rushmore, top three of all time. I think I think that's the kind of reach and impact he will have in this game. I, it, there will always be someone there to talk about him. 
Well, and I, I guess uh, uh, the question for me is also how global is a guy like Maradona? Because you take a look at athletes in North America, especially, uh, would would Kobe Bryant have been a global figure? Maybe. How about Michael Jordan? But yeah. from there, what about Gretzky? I don't know. What about Sidney Crosby? I don't think so. What about Tom Brady? You know, like there are so there are so many um, people who are known throughout the world. Maybe they're political figures. Maybe they're actors. Uh, but very few uh, sporting uh, like athletes, with the exception of elite soccer players and elite uh, basketball players, for example, and of course maybe a guy like Usain Bolt as well. Maradona is definitely on that list. I mean, you nailed it. I don't know. You know, obviously it's the sport, where it's played in what country. So that's why football, hockey, baseball won't have the same reach. You know, soccer is played everywhere. Basketball is basically played everywhere now, right? And, and um, you're right about Usain Bolt. Uh, you know, you put guys like Federer and Nadal into that category. I mean, even Tiger Woods. Ali. Yes. Well, Muhammad Ali is, is different stratosphere um uh, you know even tiger woods yes and no you know it's like probably more north america soccer players reach around the world they're unbelievable you know it's it's we know that it goes without saying and diego maradona was um was a lot of people's hero you know even though he was a flawed hero a, you know a tragic case off the pitch um he brought you joy on the field. You you were rooting for him even though you knew that, you know, he wasn't making the best choices off his life, but, you know, off the pitch with his life. But uh, you read his story. He came from the poorest of poorest backgrounds uh, situations in his hometown in Argentina. I mean, that, that you know, it's one of the poorest areas in all of Buenos Aires. So that was his ticket out. The pressure on him, not just on himself, but his family to get that ticket out, to get them all out of poverty. Um, he was carrying a burden from a very, very, very young age. Um, I, I read some stuff on him uh, just yesterday just to catch up and, and kind of re, reintroduce myself to him. Yeah, you know, just taking tinfoil or rocks, whatever was in front of him that looked like a soccer ball, and just playing around with it and, and keep ups and just developing his skill from from that young an age on muddy fields and what have you and, and stuff he went through in Barcelona. He was in Barcelona for three years and uh, wanted out of there because he was being abused, abused uh, emotionally. He was being abused physically. Uh, you know, soccer was a lot like hockey back in the 80s where, you know, there was a lot more that you can do and got away with it. And he got knocked around. He suffered a serious ankle injury. Um, still had a lot of success in Barcelona, but needed to get out and, um, and ended up in Naples, which is insane. But uh, what a career, what a life. I mean, off the field, obviously there was, there was the demons, there was the tragedy. Um, but through it all, I think I'm trying to make this point here. Like how many we've been watching sports long enough and we see, we see and we hear about athletes who did not reach full potential because of choices they made off the field, right? 
<laughs> we can look at an Antonio Brown right now. Like he's damaged his career by the by the stuff by the stuff he's been doing off the field the last few years, right? Mm. And more often than not, we we look back and we remember these athletes not for what they accomplished on the field, but for what could have been. The amazing thing about Maradona is that he went through all that. He got his suspensions. He you know he was thrown out of the World Cup because he had a you know a cocktail of drugs in his system, you know, ephedrine, whatever else, in the 94 World Cup, but he succeeded on the pitch. And that's, you know, I'm not praising him for the drug addiction and this and that, but that's a pretty amazing thing because more often than not, they become a really, really tragic story. They end up dead. They end up in jail. Uh, They end up not fulfilling their careers the way we all expected them to. Not him. I mean, he, he lived both lives off the pitch and on the pitch, and, and uh, I guess we could say he was successful at both of them in some way, and he still managed to win and win a lot and be one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, that That's not easy to do, and that's another thing that's impressive. You know, I also uh, think of when Maradona had his, uh, had his heyday, and it was uh, during a time where soccer in this country was not really top of mind of course mls wasn't around uh canada's uh national uh teams were not visible at all now things have definitely changed and uh guys like myself are uh into uh soccer uh so much exponentially more than uh when uh, maradona was uh the king in uh, in the 80s particularly you know I just wonder where Maradona's legacy would have been in North America if soccer was um, was as strong in the 80s as it is now. Uh, that's a good question. That's a great point. Uh, it probably would be where Messi and Ronaldo are right now. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> For sure. If, if not, maybe more because I think his off-the-field lifestyle is his bravado, his honesty, uh, his clashes with me, I think that would make him more of a either likable figure or hateable figure, but either way, it's good for your, you know, your publicity, right? Uh, I think in some ways he'd be more of a, of a polarizing figure from that aspect. I mean, he, you know, he coached a team in Mexico and he requested to be sitting like on a king-like throne when he's on the sidelines. And, uh, watching him cheer on Argentina as a fan during, uh, the last world, I believe it was the last World Cup uh, in Russia, yeah. and just seeing him, seeing him look completely lost to the world, just invested, I, I, or a more uh, appealing figure because he was just such a, a personality off the pitch as well. Yeah, and it's because I didn't, because uh, that's where I wanted to end up, and uh, you know, I distinctly remember, and those were vivid. Uh, uh, memories uh, that I saw uh, last saw of Maradona and uh, where everybody saw where he was just completely out of it uh, during the uh, what a, uh, the uh, 18 World Cup that he looked inebriated out of shape he uh, there was one uh, famous image of him uh, giving the middle finger uh, to what appeared to be fans and I think that there's something as we see more and more of 
rock stars and uh, celebrities, people of uh, such prominence, uh, just lose uh, their life and they just lose complete control because of addiction. And I think, I think there's something that a lot of us can appreciate or try to appreciate and see that it's not, I don't know if it's so much a choice. It's just that they are, they just can't help themselves. He carried a burden with him. The burden started young, like we said. I mean, there was a lot of pressure on him. And, I, I, you know, the pitch was his salvation. He said it a hundred times. But the burden off the pitch to make everybody happy was was overwhelming. And um, his lifestyle in Napoli, um, in Naples, excuse me, was, was an interesting one, to say the least. There's, there are some books on it. There are some stories on it. And, and look, there was a connection... There was a connection to the local mob there, and he was he was connected. Uh, there's no question about it. And parties are happening, and women, and cocaine, and and he was attracted to it. And it was it was a release for him. Uh, there's no excuse for it. Uh, you know, I'm not excusing him. You know, you are a product of your own choices. Uh, but we don't all carry that kind of burden, so we'll never know what it's like. So it's. Like I said, he was he was a flawed genius and a tragic hero. Um, you know, probably tough growing up with him as a, as a wife, as a husband. Uh, sorry, as a as a son, as a daughter, whatever. Um, but a lovable figure, nonetheless. He, he remained a lovable figure in in Argentina, in Naples. Like he was still that guy you just wanted to wrap your arms around, give a big hug, and say thank you. Um, even though he was hurting inside, and even though he might have hurt people along the way, right? Like, people that he loves very much, you know, we don't know, but it's it's part of that burden that he carried with him. And uh, the fact, like I said before, the fact that he succeeded on the pitch the way he did is nothing short of miraculous. Yeah, and, well, uh, 2020, uh, it uh, has taken... Uh, Another toll, uh, and in the sporting world, Diego, Mar- Diego Maradona dead at the age of 60. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Uh, we'll definitely uh, talk, and hopefully we can find uh, more uplifting stories to talk about, but I'm not betting on it. No problem. Uh, funny enough, there was a quote, sorry, there's a quote that's floating around now from Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, talking about, how Diego Maradona was his favorite player growing up and the exposure he had to, to Maradona when he was growing up in uh, in Naples. So an eerie story. I, that quote popped up, I think it was on ESPN FC's Twitter handle, and it was kind of kind of gave me the chills. It was it was really cool, so I just wanted to add that part. Yeah. So. And actually, I forgot to tell you this, that uh, it was your post on uh, social media where I came to learn about Maradona's passing. So, uh, yeah, it was oh, your, huh? Oh, I, I, did you, oh, I guess that's why you had the shock face on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, no. So, uh, ironically enough, you were the one who, uh, who, uh, uh, I came first wind of, uh, knowing of Maradona's passing. So, he, hey. He was childhood. He was your childhood, man. He was my childhood. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant was our adult life guy, you know, but, but, you know, 
10, 10 years old, as far back as I can remember soccer, really, between 8 and 10. So, yeah, I mean, it's sad. Yeah, yeah, it sure was. I guess for me, when I was a kid growing up, it would be uh, local guys, I guess. It would be uh, it would be like Tony Fernandez. It would be like uh, Roberto Alomar. Boreas Salming was uh, one of my first Leaf hockey players and Ed Olchek. Uh, so, uh, but uh, in terms of a global sense, uh, Maradona and Kobe Bryant definitely touched a lot of lives. Uh, Thank you so much once again for the download on Facebook and Twitter at What's Up Podcast. For Tony Antonio, I'm Randy Kure, and we'll talk to you next time.